In this episode of Tech Vets, the podcast, I'm joined by Matt Hall, who is a senior manager in IT compliance for Carnival UK Group. He is also a volunteer for Tech Vets and supports the community by reviewing CVs. Welcome, Matt. How did you get into that career? What was your background? In terms of background with the military, I spent 20 years uh, in the army uh, with the military police. So I suppose from that essence, element you could say it was very much about compliance but of course criminal compliance um i left in 2015 uh and had absolutely no inkling desire thinking to to get into it i spent two years with fire and rescue working on emergency planning and then a role came up with an insurance company where they were looking for someone to work in the the risk management team the it risk management team but they wanted someone who's purely with a background on risk management as opposed to a technical background and then that led me to to the role that I'm I'm in at the moment. What kind of upskilling did you have to do um, from when you left the military to progressing through your career to where you are now? I'm a bit of an oddity because I didn't do much in the way of upskilling I, I fell into this role and and then pursued the the qualifications and the you know the career progression through that side. Technically, the only qualification I have is is um, with the payment card industry. So I'm an internal security assessor. I'm currently studying for my um, with the Asaka Group for the CISM, the Certified Information Systems Manager role at the moment. But that's pretty much the only sort of upskilling I I did. I was very lucky, as I say, that they were looking very much for a risk manager first and then someone with the technical knowledge and language uh, as a secondary item. When you were preparing to um, apply for your current job, what considerations did you take into mind before writing your CV? And what do you think got you that interview off the back of submitting it? I think it was the experience that I'd had in terms of, so looking at the risk management, very much, you know, that's what we do in the military day in, day out, regardless, I think, of the level at which we operate or the the cat badge that we operate with operating in we are constantly making risk-based decisions so trying to bring that to the fore I think trying to show that we work in a very dynamic environment and we have to think flexibly and adapt to what you know what what we want what the customer wants and what the organization that we work for wants and then I think the third element was very much bringing out the stakeholder engagement. So that ability to reach out to different people, try and understand their point of view, and whilst not necessarily agreeing with it, trying to then develop that or bring them round to you know doing what we needed them to do, which in our case was reduce risk and be compliant. And when you went for that interview, how much interest did they show in your military background? Not a huge amount, oddly enough. Uh, I think the first job interview I had, it, it, it sort of shocked me. Um, I expected there to be loads of interest and loads of questions about, you know, what were the amazing and fun things or, you know, challenging situations I'd faced in, in the military. Uh, and there was absolutely virtually zero interest in that. And, and initially it put me out and shocked me. But in terms of then prepping for that interview, it was trying to understand, go back to the job description and then take those experiences, but almost translate them into, you know, the scenarios that I thought that they might be interested in. And, and what I worked out for the interview and the prepping for that was trying to use different examples, not just military, but other experiences that I'd had 
whilst in the military, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so for other people, they, they'd probably expect the same to walk into an interview and be asked about, you know, if you've done a 20 year career in the military, it's, it's kind of quite seminal. Um, and when you took the job and started, do you feel like that's when people started taking interest or has it just not been something that's kind of come up? I, I think it's the last. I don't think that many people are interested, really. It's something I've I've had to push. I've worked in an, you know, I'm on my third job now since I've left the military. My current role and my first role were, they weren't pro-military. Well, my, my current role very is, is very pro-military. But my first one wasn't that interested in it. They recognised it. They supported me as a reservist uh, and that sort of thing. The second one the or the second role I had, and I, I won't give the organisation's name because it'd be unfair on them, but they really were not interested and actually almost became antagonistic in, in some ways. But ultimately, it comes down to you as an individual and you have to make a decision and judge the situation about that. I think one of the the challenges we have in the military is we are used to taking a problem, identifying solutions, and then trying to implement those and, and trying to do it quite rapidly even when we're not on operations. The trouble and the challenge I think we have as veterans um, is trying to understand that that wheel turns very, very slowly. In the military, we spend two years in a role and then we move on. You know, I, I work with people who've been with my current organisation with Carnival Cruises for 20 years. And that's the challenge is understanding and working to sort of their environment. So the military can be quite a scary organisation to many people. Yeah, and it's trying to understand that and then manage their expectations or, or their perception of what the military is about. And how do you think your soft skills, so you may not talk about your kind of military experience mm -hmm. in the roles that you've taken since leaving the military police, but you must use the skills that you acquired every single day in the way that you deal with people, the way that you operate. What are the standout differences between you and someone who has worked there for 20 years? I think it's a willingness to step forward, to lean into things, to actively find out, uh, to actively say, I don't know. Um, I think the military sort of because of the organisation we work in, it's very difficult you know, to sort of, as we would say, bluff your case. Uh, and you're taught not to do that. Um, actually, when you then move into into sort of the private sector, so to speak, and you say, look, I actually don't know that. Can you just give me 20 minutes to go and find out and then come back? Um, so I think that's one of the things that's that's really sets us apart. I think some of the other things that set us apart are um, a willingness to just to go out and 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 meet people. Uh, I was I didn't realise it, but actually, you know, someone said to me in my last role that that they were amazed that within six months I was stood in this, the global CEO's office and he was pouring me coffee. And this guy had been with the organisation for seven years had never been to the corporate headquarters in 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 the US and I've been invited over there to go to a meeting where they thought you know that they, they thought I might have something to add one thing led to another and I'm sitting in the CEO's office having him pour me a cup of coffee I thought this is just nuts but afterwards this guy said well that's what you you military guys are like which I thought was a really really nice compliment actually but we have that that confidence I think also one of the other things and it's it's valued more and more now is the issue of ethics and values and standards and organizations are realizing that it's not just sufficient to be compliant they have to be making the right ethical and moral decisions 
Otherwise, you know, customers will judge them accordingly. And I think one of the great things about the military is that we, you know, we, we do try and do that. Yes, we have public failures, but that's the media for you. I'll get into that. But for most people, we have a strong moral and ethical compass by virtue of who we are. I think that's a, a really interesting point. And probably something that when people are leaving the military or probably don't necessarily give that enough value. Mm. When you left, how did you feel? About what? About about leaving. Did you um, was it? Did you know that's what I want to do? I just want to leave and get on and do something different? Or were you nervous? Were you worried about being able to, you know, get a job and secure a career for the future? I didn't have a job when I left. I, I did my seven clicks to freedom, as they say. And, and I actually, I didn't have a job in, in civilian role. I've been offered um, an FTRS role. So I had a safety net, but frankly, was I really leaving? You know, one might say no, not. But but yeah, it was it was a ground rush. It, it was scary. It was challenging. And I think the difference is, so I compare it, I left in 1995. Uh, one, I left the military once I was, I was in, before I commissioned, I was in the ranks and I was like, well, I've had enough of this. And I left and it was very much, thanks very much. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And, and there was no LinkedIn. There was no mobile phones, no social media. And I had no network and I was very young at the time. Long story short, when I then left in 2015, LinkedIn is there social media is there so the ability to reach out to people has vastly changed so if you're leaving now i would say have a look at what you want to do have a look at what you don't want to do and out of that you'll sort of generate as probably a, a shorter list of, of things that interest you organizations that interest you industries that interest you and then is a question of just using linkedin to try and exploit that i did the same uh, i identified some companies that interested me i then researched those companies through linkedin identified who was people who worked there who'd listed themselves as you know ex-army ex-air force ex-navy whatever and and essentially just took that step and said hey this is me i'm about to leave can I, of course, this is pre-COVID, can I buy you a coffee and pick your brains on what's good, what's bad? And you know what? 99.99 times out of 100, that individual who I'd never met, never encountered, but we had that link as veterans said, of course, you know, and within, you know, a week, two weeks, we were sat somewhere and I bought them a coffee and they helped me and guided me. And I walked out of that with an idea of going, yep, I'd love to work for that company or no, I don't want to work with that industry. So there's a huge range of, of options out there, but it is, to come back to your original point, yeah, it's it's quite scary. You know, it is a challenge, but there's a lot of people out there to help you. And talking about kind of that camaraderie and community that can help you, you know, in 2023 when you leave, um, how have you found working with tech vets from that perspective? Brilliant. Um, I, I kick myself because I only found out about tech vets about two or three years ago. So I'd already spent sort of four or five years working in, in, in well, yeah, about four or five years working in IT or around IT before I discovered them. And I wish I'd, if I could dial back the clock, you know, I, I knew about tech vets a lot earlier. I think, you know, maybe some of the decisions I've made would have been different. Maybe the same, I don't know. But the offering from tech vets has been significant. The ability to actually ask questions in a safe environment I think it's one of being one of the great things that, you know, as I said earlier, you know, there's people out there who are willing to ask those questions. You're limited only by your willingness to ask the question. 
so that's the first thing I think is great about tech vets. The second is the range and breadth of training that is on offer is absolutely phenomenal. You know, and, and the great thing is, is that training is in skills and areas that we are critically short of as an industry. And there's, there's, there's a huge scope out there to pursue and pick up a, a second career. So when you can match the, the technical skills that you can develop through tech vets with the natural you know, soft skills that you, we, we develop in the military, that's a really powerful selling point. And you, you've kind of so far played down the role that you have in TechVets because you play quite a critical role in, in supporting people into careers with, by way of reviewing CVs. How did you get into that? I think it was because the breadth of CVs that I saw and also the, the content, I think, of them varied wildly. The polite version of, of 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 a phrase I heard was that CVs are like opinions, or the the, the layout and setup of CVs are like opinions. Everyone's got one, you know. So I thought, well, you know, I, I've been through the process. Yeah, I, I've applied probably for around about eighty or ninety jobs since I left, and I've only had three. So my failure, you know, my failure rate's quite high. Um, but through those failures, I've learned sort of what's worked and what hasn't. And, and a style that I was that was put to me, you know, I, and I've used to secure my previous job and my current job. So that that style had a high success rate. So I thought, well, you know, how can I help others much as people helped me when I left? And CVs was one of those areas. So it's then, you know, sit, I sit down with someone for about an hour we talk about, you know, what, what do they want to do? Where do they see themselves in five or 10 years? What skills do they want to, you know, achieve and certifications they want to develop? And then, you know, clearly if we can do that through tech vets, we'll do that. And then it's trying to sort of just give a flavor, an idea of sort of how a CV can be structured. So it really does hit the points and get you through that sort of that really difficult first, first sift, if that makes sense. Is there anything that you've noticed? I mean, you must have gone through hundreds of CVs by now since starting to review them. What are the key mistakes that you would say you see time and time again? The military, rank or position. And how I know if someone puts, you know, I've been a sergeant or a platoon commander or a squadron commander or something like that, I've got a, a good idea of what they've done when I marry that, maybe with their, their technical skills. But for someone who is, you know, if that's going to an HR individual, that will mean absolutely nothing to them. Not a single dicky bird. But actually, if you take the role of, I know, let's say a sergeant, you know, hugely responsible role when you compare that to its civilian, you know, counterpart. And when you begin to unpack that, you know, you probably you're probably looking at a sheet of A4 in terms of the responsibilities, the functions, the roles, you know, that, that come with being that level. So it's beginning to then take those and unpack them, but in a way that delivers what the recruiter is it requires, if that makes sense. What I say to people I always advise is, is I, I have what's got, I have what I call a master CV and it's around about eight or nine pages long. Now, no CVs, as we know, should only be about two pages. If you're looking at a senior management role, three pages tops. 
But what I'll do is, and what I did was, was took my master CV, took the job description, and then basically it's buzzword bingo. You need to take the roles and stuff that you see in the job description and try and match as many of those into your, or in your CV. So, you know, I will strip out those elements of my CV that have absolutely no reflection on the job description, but a separate job description, I might leave them in. So it's, it's, it is not using ranks, demilitarifying, if that's a phrase, the CV, and then having, you know, using that job description to target it. I think those are, are really good points. And they're things that actually, it's quite easy to say, but it's quite hard to do because if you've been in the military for a long time, then you don't necessarily know the language that HR people use or would understand. So I think that's probably where your voluntary service at TechVets is, is just so invaluable to members. Do you, um, once you've reviewed a CV, do you ever make recommendations on other jobs that people could look at? Or do you ever go back to someone and say, look, you know, maybe you should hire your aspirations? Because time and time again, service leavers and veterans are saying they leave and they undersell themselves would you say that's something that you see when you see the cvs i think we undersell ourselves from that soft skills point of view and i think these days more and more employers recognize that that's where the strength of the military lies the the challenge is the technical part you're essentially asking them to take a risk on you as an individual but I think the CV is only, you know, it sounds, excuse me for stating the blinding obvious, but it's only part of the, 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 the whole process. And the challenge is to write, I think, a CV that probably focuses on those strengths, but tries to play up as much as possible some of the technical aspects. And I think, especially in, in the technical side, data is key. So let me give you an example. I was asked for my, and this genuinely happened when I got to an interview, they said, great, Matt, we understand that you've got all these great leadership skills, these management skills, these soft skills, but what do you know about IT? And I kid you not, my genuine response without thinking was, does Control-Alt-Delete suffice? <laughs> and then my brain caught up with my mouth and said, you idiot, right, that's the end of that. And I turned around to the guys, to the two interviewing team, I said, look, I've screwed this up. Look, you know, I'll walk out here. You can tell everyone about this stupid army officer who thought he could get a career in IT with no no, no technical qualifications, you know, and, and I'll put it down to a learning experience. I went, no, no, come on. You must have done something IT rise when you were in the military. And I sort of said, well, well, yeah, I mean, I headed up a team that, that was the first unit, again, trying to keep it non-military. I headed up a team that led on the deployment of a new payment capability within an army unit. So if I now want to military it, I was adjutant and I brought JPA in for the first army unit. And they said, well, you know, unpack that for us. What does that mean? And I went through it all. And after about 15 minutes, he said, I'm going to pause there. He said, you're probably more qualified than most of our technical project managers. You just don't have the, you know, you don't have the piece of paper that says it. Yeah, I think sort of coming back to the 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 issue is is get past the up the the the, the soft skill stuff, 
up the, the, the technical as much as you can, but think long and hard that you will have touched the technical somewhere in your military career. And for those of you who, who can supply data on that, so much the better. If I'd said to you, and I'll give you an example, sorry, this is a long answer, but if I said to you, you know, yes, I project managed bringing um, a new payment uh, and administration system onto for, for a unit that I that I worked on. Well, yeah, that sounds okay. But if I turn around and said, you know, a project managed a multi-million pound or the delivery of a multi-million pound global system for 96 people, a team of 96 people, and was the first, uh, you know, was spearheading that for the whole of the global organization. Okay, I'll put a little bit of numbers in there. Well, hang on. Yeah, that sounds a little more crunchy. So it's, it's, it is, sorry, a long answer to a short question there. But that's a brilliant example. And I think a lot of people won't have thought about unpacking their CVs in, in that way. And which leads so that's me what I think sort of tech vets can help and the CV, CV reviewers can help is trying to unpack that, you know, and we, and we each have our own different slants on it, um, I'm sure. We, we don't have a script so so how does it work if if someone um joins as a member of tech vets they obviously go through the approval process they get checked that they are actually a veteran or service leader or forces family member how do they then get into yourself and the team of C- volunteer cv reviewers that are available yeah so it's a question of just i think there's an e- a dedicated email address and then you'll outline you know, what you want to achieve, which area of IT you want to work in. And then that will go on our, on our CV reviewers group. And then we'll try and pick up, pick up those CVs and, uh, and stuff. It's not forced. So, you know, I don't get, I don't get anyone from tech vets going, Matt, it's your turn. I need to hear these three CVs. You need to do them by the end of the week. We pick up what we can when we can, because of course we're juggling this with our own sort of full-time roles. So that will then come to us. I'll pick for me, I'll pick one up. Uh, I'll reach out to the individual. What has shocked me is the the the, the failure to respond rate is, is has shocked me somewhat. So my, my plea would be is if you are going to do that, please, you know, do have the I suppose if nothing else, the decency to respond to us, even if it's just to say, hey, I'm, I'm thanks, but I found a job or something like that, because then we can cross you off and we're not sort of losing you in the ether um, and also congratulate you and support you on that new job. For me, though, we will then have an initial chat uh, that generally takes about an hour. I try to get a copy of the CV beforehand. So, I, you know, I'm not going in cold. We'll we'll talk about the role that you're looking for. Uh, we'll then uh, look at your CV and I'll give you some observations. I'm usually share my CV with the individual if I feel comfortable doing that. So they've got something that they can baseline it against. And then I offer, you know, uh, sort of a catch up sort of in say, look, let's ca- if you want catch up in two weeks time. Some people say yes. Uh, most people say yes, actually. I think I've only had one or two who've never come back to me. That's absolutely fine. You know, as so long as it's helped them. Then in that second one, we'll then sort of look at the revised CV. You know, is that is that delivering? Is that matching? But what I try to do for me is say, look, don't have a, we're not going to write, a, I'm not going to write a CV for you, I think is, is just to manage the expectations. That ain't going to happen. But also trying to write that sort of what, you know, what I referred to earlier as the master CV. So you've now got, you know, a seven or eight, potentially a seven or eight page that when the job description comes along, you can take that job description and go, right, I'm going to pick that bit, that bit, that bit, you know, and then you end up with that that really tailored CV. 
in Carnival, I, we're just about to kick off an internship role. Two military veterans um, is what we want to recruit. We're, we're going to offer them a 12-month internship to come and work either in the architecture area or the security team. But what we want is people who have proved that they are interested in that role. So this is where tech vets really does come into its own. Because if I've got two people, one of whom's going, do you know what? I'm really interested in in doing security within IT, but I've got no qualifications or anything in it. Okay, thanks. But another person who's in the same situation gone, do you know what? What I've done is I've gone on to tech vets and I've done some immersive labs. I've done some Splunk training and I'm currently enrolled in CompTIA or whatever. Don't take the brains of an archbishop to figure out who I'm going to take the, the punt on. Because one person is frankly just throwing the hat into the ring just to have a go. And the other is actually demonstrated they really have, you know, they've invested, they've, they've got skin in the game. When it comes to the training courses offered by TechVets, I mean, there is almost every single course across all aspects of tech that you could possibly want to, to try or learn or get involved in. How important is it to you that people make use of courses and qualifications and professional development resources? In a word, critical. Um, nearly all veterans, unless you've got some qualifications that you've developed or obtained during your service, are embarking on a new career. And what tech vets affords is that ability to to turn up to apply for jobs and say hey look you know i'm looking at you know being open and honest i'm looking at pursuing a new career i'm really interested in architecture or security or cloud services or whatever and as a demonstration of that what i've done is through tech vets i've got these qualifications and these are qualifications that employers will recognize. And, and so what that sets you above is saying that, you know, you've got those soft skills that we talked about earlier. But you know what? You've gone out and done a little bit of research, a little put in a little bit of effort and demonstrated that actually, you know, this is, you know, you are no, you know something about this, you know, to, to turn it into a military vernacular, you know, you you know one end of gun from another or a ship or a plane, you know, insert service. But I think that's where the tech vets offer is so unique is so important because it also gives you that opportunity or gives a veteran the opportunity to go do you know what i'm really interested in architecture go and look at immersive labs do some immersive labs on on architecture come away from it and go nah i don't like that that really actually i thought it was me but it's not me oh well actually there's this part over here you know cloud security again do some immersive labs and go Oh, I really like that. That was really interesting. And then you can go on and maybe look at some of the other offers provided by TechVets, you know, sort of the Amazon cloud security um, qualifications and those things. So that's where TechVets is absolutely brilliant. You can dip your toe into the various different areas of IT, figure out what you like, target then what you want to achieve with some basic level qualifications map that with your skills, stick it on a CV, send it to one of us as a CV reviewers, and hopefully, as I say, the rest then becomes history, you know, as you launch that second career. Those are all really excellent points. And I think it's important to reiterate that all of those courses are completely free to TechVets members. Um, we don't ask anyone to use their learning credits or take out loans, which I think some um, companies that um, purport to support veterans do. 
Um, but absolutely every single partner who works with TechVets offers all of those courses completely mm. free of charge, which is unheard of. Yeah, and, and it's good quality stuff. You know, uh, Immersive Labs, who I just talk, talked about a minute ago, we use those um, at, at Carnival Cruises to, you know, to help develop our, um, my colleagues, you know, at, at all levels of the, of the organization. I have our global CIO, uh, I know uses Immersive Labs to, to explore other areas that he wants to develop his knowledge in, right down to sort of the new person, the new low-level analyst as well. Um, which would in reality be most of the entry line jobs for, for many veterans. But that ability to use that real high quality rec industry recognized certification and, 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 and training development is, is something that I can't emphasize enough. From the people that you've supported so far, are there any success stories that stick in your head that you think, I'm so glad I picked that up and was able to help them? Sadly, we don't hear much back. Um, you know, it's, I think in the couple that I've done, I've only had one person who's come back to me and said, oh, yeah, I've, I've actually I've got a, I've got a job interview. And I was like, yeah, great. You know, absolutely fun. You know, great news. Anything I can do to help you with the interview process, all the rest of it, yada, yada, yada. And I never heard it, never heard anything else. So I'm hoping that no news is good news on, the, on that front. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think the only the only th plea I can make is that yeah again if you're going to make use of the service we'd love to hear about those success stories because of course then we can take those success stories and that helps us sort of understand that we're doing the right thing in tech vets we're supporting you as veterans and then I think there's also sort of that helps I won't say justify our existence but shows the value that we can add as an organization to employers RFCA and the other organizations that we engage with so so yeah if if it does help and it does get you a job please tell us <laughs> <laughs> they've probably got these amazing jobs on megabucks that they're <laughs> sailing away into the, the sunset well I haven't seen any of them turn up as my line manager yet so uh you know. <laughs> Maybe, maybe one day, or maybe you'll have other people pop up, um, having taken your demo CV, um, popping up as Matt Hall. I recognise the format of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, um, Matt, this has been—it's been really nice to talk to you tonight. Just firstly to put a face to a name, but also just in in some ways to recognise the the amazing contribution you made to TechVets because. You're not getting paid for it. It's your time. And you've obviously got a, a busy job yourself. So it's really good to be able to hear your story and see how basically you want to help other people who and prevent them from it being a difficult journey when it really doesn't need to be. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And as I say, you know, the key for me, one of the key takeaways is you are a veteran is limited only by their willingness to reach out, pick up that phone, send an email message. Um, there is a huge amount of support out there. You know, clearly Tech Vets is, is very focused on that, but there is a wide wealth um, of, of support out there. Just reach out and, and, and grasp it. Thank you, Matt, so much for your time tonight. And for anyone who is listening, you can access CV support through the Tech Vets website, which is at techvets.co. Thank you for listening and join us for our next episode very soon.